Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hi, church. It is so good to start a new series with you as we come to the end of November. We are already thinking about Christmas. We're celebrating Advent together this year. And I want to start just by lighting the hope candle. And uh, this is the first candle of Advent this year. And uh, so I'll just light it here and it's going to burn while we have our time together. If you have candles that you're going to be lighting as well, I want to just uh, give you permission now to light your candle as well. And uh, this candle is the hope candle. So, you know, I mentioned um, last week in our a little announcement that Lisa and I did together that Advent is really just a fancy way of saying arrival, talking about Jesus' arrival. And it also gives us this picture of what's yet to come, which would be the second advent, the second arrival of Jesus. We believe someday he's coming back. And both of these events bring to us great hope. And so it's appropriate that we would start today with the hope candle. And you know, this year, maybe more than any other year, maybe most of all this year, we need the hope candle. Maybe more than any other year, we need hope in our hearts. You see, the song that our series is based on, which is entitled, A Weary World Rejoices, the song that um, that little line comes from is from O Holy Night, a, um, a beautiful hymn that was translated into English in the 1800s. But the, the line that I want to uh, bring to your remembrance is this. It says, a thrill of hope a weary world rejoices. And we really do identify with that last part, don't we? We feel the weariness, so much darkness, so much concern, so much fear. You know, I've gotten the habit of before I preach each week of just going for a walk and, and I, I walk downtown, I walk around the city and I, I look at people and, and this week specifically, I'm, I'm looking into people's eyes because everyone's uh, faces are masked and, 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 and I was, as I was looking into people's eyes, I was thinking, man, how many of these people are just trying to figure out life in this brand new restriction zone, this new um, sense of what's Christmas going to look like? What? What's the next few weeks going to be like? How intense is it going to be? And, and, I, and I have this picture of people who were holding out a sign, obviously no real sign, but just standing there and saying by, by what I could see in their eyes and, and what I could sense in, in the tone of the city is, I just need some hope. I'm really looking for hope. And I thought how appropriate that we'd be talking about hope today. You see, Advent teaches us that there is always hope for the future. And so I'm going to take you way back, back 700 years before Jesus was even born, before the advent that we're celebrating in this season, there was a promise, a prophetic promise from Isaiah the prophet that someday hope would arrive into a dark world, into a broken world. Hope would arrive. It's Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. And I, I want to read it with you. It says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. I, I can imagine people back in the day holding the sign up saying, we need hope. We're desperate for hope. 
We remember the promise from way back in Isaiah chapter 9, where it says that out of darkness, there will come a great light. And, and, and in the land of the shadow of death, a light will shine. And you know, that was a promise, a promise of hope to come that was realized in Jesus. And at the first advent, hope had gone down like the sun. You know, the Jews were living in the dark of despair and their religion had become this heavy weight and Rome had bound the world together, but it was with a sword that it bound the world together. And so when you think about that verse, about the verse of Jesus arriving in times of darkness, in the shadow of death, you can see it. You can see it. The weary world needed something to rejoice in. Hope was fading. Really, here we are today. In this Advent, this 2020 Advent season, it's a season of COVID-19. It's a season of pandemic and it feels like it's dragging on. It's following us into 2020 and, and we keep waiting for deliverance to come to us. And, and this pandemic gives us a new appreciation for what ancient Israel experienced. You see, ancient Israel had been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years, waiting, waiting and, and, and finding hope just out of reach, believing that someday the long-awaited prince would come. Now I want to read you another verse, another promise verse of, of the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was ever born. It says this, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. I just want you to think about that for a minute. What hope? See, I've heard it said this way, hope is the oxygen of the human spirit. Without it, our souls die. But with it, we can face insurmountable odds. But you know, hope has an enemy. And I've discovered the greatest enemy of hope is the disease of discouragement. Discouragement comes. And, and, and when it comes, it attacks hope. I want to just give you a few thoughts about discouragement. Not because that's the topic, but it may be where you find yourself today this is a discouraging time. It feels like we're in the darkness before the arrival. It feels like a true Advent season, waiting for Jesus to come and bring deliverance. So let me give you a few thoughts about discouragement. You see, discouragement is universal. We've been talking all about COVID-19 vaccinations. Listen, there's no vaccine for discouragement. No one is immune to discouragement. It comes and, and it comes in a way that you cannot avoid it. Every person on the planet has been victimized by discouragement. It comes, it goes, it's universal. Discouragement is also reoccurring. It's not like the chicken pox. You don't just get it once and then you're done. Discouragement will come as often as you allow it to come. Discouragement wants to find its way into your heart and into your mind, wants to find its way through your circumstance and into a place where it can be born again and again as often as you will allow it to be born. Discouragement is also contagious. I mean, you get around 
people who are discouraging. The next thing you know, discouragement gets in you. It's like a disease. It's like an infectious disease. And, and if you're around others who are discouraged, it can, it can get on you as well. Discouragement has a cause. Now, this is an important piece to add to the storyline. For us, when we're considering our, our current dilemma, it's easy to say, well, why would we be discouraged? Well, obviously, life is so altered by what we're experiencing with with this pandemic and, and now with the current, current restrictions. But regardless of COVID-19 or not, discouragement always has a cause. Sometimes we say, man, why am I so discouraged? And we may not know the cause, but I guarantee you there is one. There's always a root cause for discouragement. And discouragement comes for a reason. And so don't, don't allow yourself in times of discouragement to, to start to turn on yourself Discouragement has a cause, and discouragement usually has an external cause. Discouragement also, and this is the final thought I want to give you, discouragement wants to blind you to the future. You see, I told you because of Advent, there's always hope for the future, but discouragement wants to blind you to the future. Let's go to the Advent story for just a minute. One of the key components is Mary, of course, the virgin, becoming pregnant. And, and she was already engaged to Joseph, who was to be her husband. And Joseph finds this out and he feels like everything is ruined. There's no hope. I mean, he is blindsided by this and he doesn't know what to do. And see, this is what discouragement does. It wants to blind you to the future. But I said it before and I'll say it again. Advent proves that there's always hope for the future. I, I wanna lead you in just a little exercise for a minute. Okay, will you do this with me? Okay, I want you to think about this for just a second. I want you to think about the crisis that you're in. I want you to think about a family trouble, marriage. I want to think about your heart and your mind. I want you to think about your words and your money and your hard work. I want you to think about all these elements, crisis, family, marriage, heart and mind, words, money, hard work. And based on the reality of the miracle of Advent, here's what I want you to ask yourself. What could all this become? You see, that's what hope allows you to do. Discouragement will say is, I'm never getting out of the crisis. My family's a mess. My marriage is on the rocks. My heart and my mind are unsettled. My words are negative and, and, and condescending. My money, there's never enough of it. My hard work, who really cares? I'm not making any impact. You see, that's what discouragement does. But hope allows you to say, what could these things actually become? What could the crisis actually become? What could my family become? What could my marriage become? What could my heart and mind meditate on? And, and, and how could that be renewed? And what about my words? How could they be used to be a blessing? And my money and my hard work. You see, when you start to allow hope to come, then you can begin to fight back against discouragement. You see, hope for the future leads to power in the present. I'm going to say that again. Hope for the future leads to power in the present. You see, Advent can actually be a guide to hope. That's why we start with the hope candle. You see, this Christmas has the potential to be richer than ever before. You know, Lisa and I were talking this week and we were just out for a walk and, and this thought just just landed in my spirit. And I think it's for you today. 
And, and when we think about Christmas, some of us are just, we're reeling with the potential negative possibilities of getting to Christmas in this kind of a strict uh, lockdown, if you will. And here's, here's what God dropped in my spirit. There is absolutely nothing in the pure celebration of Jesus that is tainted by COVID-19. Can I say that again? There is absolutely nothing in the pure celebration of Jesus that is tainted by COVID-19. Sure, our, our traditions may be challenged and, and spending time with loved ones is a bit uncertain. I get that. And our concerns about finances, hey, they can be really, really real. But the true hope, peace, joy, and love, those four candles that we'll be looking at over the next four weeks, those true elements of Christmas, they remain untainted. Are you seeing that with me today? You see, COVID-19 can't touch who Jesus is in our lives or what Christmas is really all about. And I know I, I may sound a little cliche when I talk this way, but the truth is maybe more than ever before, we have the potential to strip it all back. We have the potential to really get to the heart of it. We have the potential to say, you know what, Jesus, in the middle of all of this, you are still Lord and you are still hope for me. A lot of people are holding up this sign right now. I need hope. I need hope. But listen, if you want hope, can I encourage you? Don't hold this sign out to people. Don't say, hey, Bonnie Henry, I need some hope. Don't say, hey, neighbor, hey, friend, hey, spouse, hey, girlfriend, hey, boyfriend, hey, new relationship, hey, boss, I need some hope. Don't hold this sign out to people. Don't hold this out to the possibility of lifting restrictions. I need hope. Please, come on, change the restrictions before Christmas. Don't hold this sign out to your social network and ask all your friends to give you some hope. Listen, if you want hope, I just want you to see that Jesus wants to move you from discouragement to hope. Shift your eyes from all of this, all of this stuff, and place your expectations on Jesus because he never, ever disappoints. Hold your sign out to him and say, Jesus, I need hope. God in heaven, the one who sent his dear son at Christmas time, I need some hope. I need some hope. Take you to one more verse. It's in Isaiah 7. All these prophetic verses from long ago, they give us hope about the future. And here's, here's what Isaiah said, again, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. We've been holding up our sign, but God himself will give us a sign. And the sign is Jesus. The sign is that the virgin whose name was Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This word Emmanuel means God with us. You see, God gave you a sign. His name is Jesus and he came through Mary. He came at Christmas time. He came in the Advent, the very first Advent. So are you discouraged? Advent promises hope for the future. Hey, even if it requires a miracle of virgin birth. You see, when God gets involved, he gives you a sign that's unmistakably him, a sign that brings hope to everyone. 
And I'm going to take just a moment and pray for you. But as I, as I move to that, I, want to, I just want to remind you of the lyrics of the song that this series is based on. It's O Holy Night. And one of the lines in O Holy Night says this, He knows your need. Our weaknesses, no stranger. What's that saying? That's saying that he knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're discouraged about. He knows what you're facing. He knows where your weaknesses lie. He's no stranger to any of that. And the truth is, he's got hope for you. You know what? More than any other year, we need hope for the future. And Christmas provides that. The Advent season provides that. Can I, can I encourage you? Make room. Make room for Jesus. It may be that you have to push back and, and strip down all of the things that make up your Christmas tradition. But make room. Make room for Jesus. Because he's where hope is. See, some of you are listening in. And you're in a place right now where you need God with you. See, that was the promise of Jesus, that he would be Emmanuel, God with you. Are you watching today? And are you contemplating your life? Are you looking for real hope in a very discouraging season? Then I want to encourage you, reach out to Jesus because he is Emmanuel and he can be with you right now. If you're making a decision to give your life over to Jesus, I want to give you a really practical step. It, it, it's, it's a technologically advanced way to pray and to say, Jesus, come. And that's simply to text life to the number on the screen. And as you're texting that, you're praying with me right now. You're saying, Jesus, I need the hope that only Emmanuel can bring. I need God with me. If that's where you're at today, I just want to encourage you. Text life to that number. We're going to reach back to you. We want to walk with you. We want to help you. We want to make sure that you feel that you are not alone and that you have every bit of hope that Jesus provides. But I know there's many of us and we're followers of Jesus and we've been on this journey a while and, and we've been thinking that we're going to get through this crisis, but it seems to be carrying on. And what we need right now is we need strength to choose hope. That's what we need. We need the Holy Spirit. I, I want to remind you of what Romans teaches us. Romans teaches us that, that we can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray with you. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to quiet yourself with me for a moment. I just want us to rest in the reality that Jesus is here. That the Holy Spirit is with you right where you are right now. That you are not alone and that you are not without hope. I want you to sense this right now. I'm believing right now, even as we begin to pray, Holy Spirit, come. That the Holy Spirit's going to visit you. But even right now, some of you are experiencing the warmth of his presence. You're, you're experiencing the hope that's beginning to overflow. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come.
We invite you to strengthen us this Advent season. We invite you to help us to choose hope and to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can make room for Jesus in our hearts and we can make room for the Holy Spirit right now. Don't be in a rush. Just stay right where you are for just a moment. Just stay in that place. Invite the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, we don't want to walk through another week without the hope that you want to provide for us. Without the strength that leads us out of discouragement and into possibility. Lord, we want everything that you provide. And you provide hope in great measure, endless measure. So Holy Spirit, come. Overflow, overflow in us with great hope. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.